0: Morning Liberty.
1: Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm by myself today, although I am supposedly the co-host of this show. Charlie's going to be back. It's going to be fine. It's Dumb bleep of the Week, everyone. It's your favorite show of the week. We can tell by looking at the amount of people that listen to these shows versus all the others. This is the one that you're here for. We're glad that you're here. If it's your first time listening, just so you know, this is a day where we present some of the dumbest things that happened over the last week. A lot of them came from the live group. A lot of them came from Costco. Thanks, Costco, for the content. And everyone else got a lot of stuff in there this week. And we vote on which one is the dumbest. And then they move on to the dumb leap of the year, which we will do in December. And if you want to be able to vote on these every week or at the end of the year for Dumbly of the Year, then go to join GML so you can hang out with us in the live group and get your votes in. Now, if you don't want to do that, but you still want to see the videos, I have to tell everyone you should go to our YouTube and subscribe so you can see this episode. Today's episode, it's much more fun to see them with the charts and graphs and all the stuff that I throw up there for fun. And videos and all that. It's fun to watch. And pretty much every episode goes right up on YouTube after we do the show. Before we get into the actual dumb bleep submissions, I know that it would seem like this is a dumb bleep. It's actually not. This is just a compilation of things that Biden has done over the last two or three weeks. We did this last month. I think it's been maybe three weeks since I did this compilation. So it's a new thing that I've been sending myself, funny Biden clips, and I just like to keep track of what he's doing. But honestly, if we put these in submissions for Dumb Bleep, it would just kind of automatically win. It's not really fair. So this one is outside of the voting, but we will play this for everyone real fast.
2: Convince on Gloria that
0: she should stick with you.
2: Well, I think, I think Gloria should take a look. I I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about anyone's age, including mine. I think that's totally legitimate. But I think the best way to make the judgment is to, to, you know, watch me. You know, am I slowing up? Am I don't have the same pace as her? You know, uh, and that old joke, you know, uh, um, everybody talks about the you know, the new 70s, 50s, all that stuff, you know, I, you know, it could be, I, I'm a great respecter of fate. I could get a disease tomorrow. I could, you know, drop dead tomorrow. But I, you know, in terms of my energy level, in terms of how much I'm able to do, I think people should look and say, is it, they still have the same, Passion for what he's doing. And if they think I do and I can do it, then that's fine. If they don't, then they should vote against me. Not against me, they should encourage me not to go. But that's not how I feel. I can't even say the age I'm going to be. I can't even <laughs> get it out of my <laughs> mind. Any restrictions on abortion at all? Any restrictions on abortion at all? Yes, there should be. Yes, there be. And Roe v. Wade, read it, man. You'll get educated. I'm not to That's not all. I have warned about how this decision risks the broader right to privacy for everyone. There's a thing called the Ninth Amendment that says there's a right to privacy. That's how it was interpreted back then. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you, I'm sorry. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed, the married couples and the privacy of their bedroom, excuse me, I'm thinking about the Dobbs Dobbs decision. Imagine, well, I'll get to that in a second. If you get any questionable calls, Please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, dot Look at Dan. Now, a very important thing I told my daughter and granddaughters no serious guys in your 30s. Okay. Right? No what? No serious guys in your 30. Just imagine, I mean it sincerely. I say this as a father of a man who won the Bronze Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. There's not a single nation in the world of major nation that wouldn't trade places with the president of the United States in a heartbeat. Not a, no, not a joke. Think about it. (laughs) And you're elected the highest ranking black Indian with Indian background woman in American history to be vice president. For one, I think that... uh, we uh, we began to. Uh... My grandfather, Finning from Scranton, would really be proud of me right now. No, I'm not joking. He would, father. He's an all-American football player. John in Santa Clara. The most common price of gas in America is three dollars and thirty-nine cents. Down from over $5 when I took office. And happy birthday to a great president. Uh, we know uh, your mom's always with you. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision.
1: Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh,
2: Dr. Biden thinks that, uh, my wife thinks that, uh, that I, uh, that, that, we're, that we're doing something very important.
1: As uh, some of the people in the group said, we just we could probably end the show after that. Um, everything's fine. Everything's fine, everyone. I, some of those clips, you know, they're not as crazy as you normally hear. It's just him uh, saying to Kamala Harris, happy birthday to a great president, and saying that she uh, was the highest-ranking black Indian uh, to uh, ever get, get the office. And... Um, Just a lot of really funny stuff in there that's happened over the last few weeks. We'll continue to put together some of these clips as we get a few minutes worth. All right, let's get into the actual dumb bleep of the week. The first thing that we're starting with today. I don't know if you saw all the clips of Ted Cruz on the view, but we're going to go down that rabbit hole for just a minute. You know, props to him for going on there and and holding his own, I guess. But good Lord, I don't know how he handles it. I have no idea why why he, I mean, I guess it's good because he was able to get a lot of clips out of it. I think he did a good job, but I wouldn't be able to do this. Let's go, Senator Cruz. Try to say
0: the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton who stood up and said Trump but stole the election. You the yeah. they, didn't they didn't try to kill my former brother's boss. Who, who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes. and said it was That's illegitimate right. and, and, and you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's did, illegitimate. Did
1: so just in that clip, and there's three clips from this, and then we'll talk about the ridiculous fact check that was done afterwards. Um, Just in that clip, he said that those people sat there and said that the election was illegitimate. And they say, and it was just right there. It was illegitimate. Oh, they have. I don't know if they actually understand. I don't know if they do, but let's go into a little bit more of that conversation. You said Hillary Clinton didn't say whatever she didn't say. I'm
0: saying to you, listen. And she said, stay here, and you were fine with her saying it was illegitimate for for Republicans to win. She called Donald Trump the next morning, and she conceded the election, Ted. Who might took the call? (laughs) As did
3: Stacey Abrams. All
0: right. She, she, she sat there while while Donald Trump was Hillary Clinton says name. Trump is an illegitimate president. Hillary Clinton right. says the it's election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was no, selected, not, not elected. Cool. Joe Biden, <laughs> Al Gore was was elected president. So Joe Biden yeah. claims George W. Bush is at illegitimate. Other, right? or, do, or, or is it just you that gets okay. to scream? Okay, no, no, I agree. Okay, I- then lower your voice because okay. we are very close.
1: Okay. So all they can come back with right then is lower your voice. I mean, gosh, he reads out this list and they decide to attack him because he's raising his voice. Have you guys ever watched any view clips? The view clips, do they not raise their voice at people? That's all they have to say back to him. I mean, they're basically conceding and they threw out this Hillary Clinton conceded the election the day after. I get that, that that happened. She did concede the election. She then went on to keep saying that it was illegitimate, that he was an illegitimate president. I brought this up when we had Congressman, former Congressman Joe Walsh on the show. He said the exact same thing. Hillary Clinton conceded the election. She still, a couple of years later, was saying that Trump was an illegitimate president. So the difference there was that the media was going along with her narrative. That's what I brought up to uh, to Joe Walsh when we talked to him. That's not the only clip. Let's get to the one that actually got a fact check because it's great, too. Here we go. Look, win, the, but not when Democrats win. No, you know,
0: here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. But <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna okay. Court. Okay, we okay, don't. We to We do that. Did, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country I mean, were burning riot, and police cars were well, being yeah, firebombed? You Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really? No, they wanted to knock our friend Mike Pence. Like, how do we did, make sense just of that? You just accused
1: us. So that's the one that got. The uh, the fact check, uh, because he mentioned the Antifa riots. And here's the the thing. Those didn't exist. Those didn't happen. That's not a real year that took place. But that's not exactly what we're going to do here. We're going to go to the Newsweek fact check. And I love how Whoopi comes back with, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, yeah, it just didn't exist. You can't say it. And like what Magoo just brought up, what about Trump's inauguration day? That was another one. Hey, let's go through the Newsweek fact check, though. And I do have to tell you, the one that was originally posted in the group, all the all the people that were posting that, um, they took that one. That one's gone. You click on that link, it's not there anymore. The original one, it's it looks like this, page not found. That's what it is. So they changed some things because uh, they did what they normally do, and they went to a new fact check, and I'll tell you what they changed in it. But let's go through some of this. Fact check from Newsweek. On an episode of The View, Ted Cruz claimed that Antifa riots caused cities to burn across the country for a year. While Cruz did not go into further detail about Antifa, the left, and arson, the context suggests he was referring to the protests that followed the death of George Floyd. Marches took place across the U.S. in May and June 2020. In Minneapolis, more than 1,500 businesses were damaged through a combination of fires and vandalism in the days following the death. There were also reports of fires at Floyd protests in Washington, D.C., St. Louis, Kansas City, Oregon, Atlanta, Seattle, and New York City. In Portland, protests continued for 100 days following Floyd's death, although not all of these were typified by fires or arson. So not all of the protests had arson at them. That's one of the reasons that this is false. By the way, the fact check was false. A report by The New York Times said protests continued in the city for almost a year. This may be the basis for Cruz's claim. However, the article acknowledges the crowd sizes waned toward Derek Chauvin's conviction in April 21. So the crowd sizes waned in these, so they weren't as big as when they started. So there's another reason that uh, this is false. The majority of the Floyd protests took place between late May and early June, whereas Cruz's claim is that violence carried on across America for a year. It is true that there were other violent protests fiery clashes that were mostly peaceful. They didn't say that at other protests against police violence and racial injustice between 2020 and 2021 in September, 2020 fires broke out in Seattle and Louisville after the death of Breonna Taylor in April, 2021, a number of buildings were set ablaze following the death of Dante Wright, who was shot and killed at a traffic stop. While many businesses were damaged or destroyed as a result of arson, Cruz's characterization that cities burned for a year, and they put cities in quotes, burned for a year, is stretching the truth. You see, it wasn't the entire city that burned. It was just multiple buildings inside of the cities, and not every single protest involved arson. So once again, he is stretching the truth. But I do have to mention that they literally just said that there were protests, and some might even call them riots, that happened from May 2020 to April 2021 which is literally 12 months. The senator's labeling of the events as Antifa riots is misleading too, notwithstanding that Antifa is not a formalized group. Black Lives Matter was largely recognized as having galvanized protesters. In short, Cruz appears to have grossly mischaracterized both the nature, scope, and length of time these protests took. While Cruz may have been referring to other protests, it's inaccurate to describe or imply that these happened across the country with each of them involving Arson. The Antifa riots Cruz refers to are almost certainly the protests which followed George Floyd's death. Most of these occurred between late May and early June 2020. Although buildings were damaged, they did not the or destroyed by fire, they did not carry on throughout the year. Okay. They then go on to say that labeling them as Antifa riots is misleading. Antifa is simply a moniker given to a disparate network of activists, which has no centralized organization or coordination. There's no coordination between them at all. They just all happen to pop up there at the same time. It's not centralized. There's not like an office with them where they're telling people to to go. While adherents of the anti-fascist movement, no doubt have, have and do participate in protests, and some may identify themselves as Antifa, There's scant evidence to support the notion that any violence was orchestrated by outside groups or infiltrators affiliated with Antifa. This is a fact check from Newsweek. And so they rate, it's not even misleading. It's not even misleading what he said. It's false. A false rating. There you go. That's number one. And I threw in this nice George Orwell quote. The past was erased. The erasure was forgotten. The lie became the truth. That is where we live right now. Let's go on to number two. Oh, good. We have a video from Hillary Clinton doing what she does best, which is election deny things. Well, second best. You guys know what the first thing is, but I don't want to suicide myself this weekend, so I won't tell you what that is. Let's listen to what she has to say about the upcoming elections.
3: Hello Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that (laughs) is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead. Because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures—yes, you heard me that correctly—state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican controlled.
1: First off, this is dumbleaf number two. I have to assign a number 2.1 to whoever thought that this would be a good camera angle for her. It's not working because she's batshit crazy and everyone knows that. And this is just a really bad angle for her. So really bad job. Everyone terrible job. Whoever did this second, she's literally out here saying that the next election is going to be stolen. They are laying the groundwork so they can make the claims that if a Republican wins in 2024, it's because Republicans stole the election my head is going to explode. I'm going to have to move on to something else. And then she talks about these state legislatures not being picked by the popular vote, but by state legislatures. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on because we have some other comments uh, talking about that whole thing. So that's dumb bleep. Number two, Hillary Clinton, the next election will be stolen. If a Republican wins number three, I hate talking about Rob Reiner so much but we're going to have to because he says a lot of dumb stuff and he's got a lot of followers and he gets a lot of retweets and all that. Along the same lines, once again, on December 7th, the Supreme Court will hear a case that will determine if state legislatures have the sole power to elect our next president. The only way to prevent that is to hold on your Congress and pass voting rights. If you're not scared of creeping fascism, you're not alive. He also said previously, another tweet that I'd tagged dumb for my email. In the next 16 days, Americans will decide if they want to remain a constitutional democracy or live under fascism. I have voted for democracy. If you agree, vote blue. Now, I have to say when it comes to that one, of course, constitutional republic, that's what we actually are. Um, If (laughs) we, I'm joking mostly when I say this, but if we have a democratic vote and the people elect the current Republicans that are running for office that were kind of handpicked by Democrats. We've talked about that plenty of times. If we have a Democratic vote and they are, in fact, voting and fascists get into place, then that's not fascism. That's Democratic fascism. And since you put Democratic in front of the really, really terrible term, that means you can't pay attention to anything that happened under history under that thing. Right? I'm pretty sure. One thing that we've forgotten here when they talk about the state legislatures, the states do have the power to decide how they're going to run their federal elections. Now, Congress can make laws to, uh, to alter that. So if they want to change it, they need to make a law about it. But the states do have the control over how they elect people at the federal level. And what people have really forgotten is that we are 50 separate states. That's why this whole popular vote thing just doesn't matter. It's about who the states choose to be the president who they elect to be the president. So we got the 50 separate little nations and they come together. And this is our supreme leader these days. That's not how we look at it anymore. We look at it as one giant country and that just ain't going to work. You see, it's not going to work because there's no way that people in California want the same thing that the people in Texas or Florida want. That's why we got to be 50 separate States. And that's why the state legislatures who are democratically elected by popular vote by the people that are in those States, can have some control over what goes on in the elections. Well, let's move on from Dumb leap number three. Number four, we're sticking on democracy here for just a minute. Everett, Everett Stern used to be running. He was running against Fetterman and Oz as an independent. And he said, I am polling around 3%, which places democracy at risk. In the interest of protecting the U.S., I'm dropping out of the Senate race and I'm endorsing John Fetterman. The Democrats must win. This one really bothered me, and I don't know if it bothered everyone. Maybe it's just as a libertarian, it bothers you a little bit more. These people want me to be in office. That's what he's saying. I'm polling around 3%. Another way of saying that is these are the people that want me to be elected to office. That fact... Puts democracy at risk, so I will remove their clear choice for who they want to be in office, and instead give them two other, more terrible, options that they can choose from. Now I don't know anything about Everett Stern; he's probably also terrible. Sounds like he's sounds like he is actually pretty terrible. That should bother you. That really should. That. A certain percentage of the people thinking that you're the best option is what places democracy at risk. And I still don't even know what they're talking about by democracy at risk. We're still talking about a vote. Speaking of, we're talking about a vote. Let's go to dumb bleep. That was number four. We're moving on through here, which is good because I need to get home at a decent time today. Number five out of 13, we have Max Boot and the Washington Post. He says, if the current trends hold up, Republicans are likely to take over at least the House and quite possibly the Senate, along with many state offices. This is how democracies die, both home and abroad. This, an election where people democratically vote and whoever wins the popular vote wins, and they get that office, is how democracies die. If they vote for election deniers, Democracy is dead. Now, what's an election denier? That's someone who questions a 2020 election, not to be confused with people who have questioned every other election before that. It's specifically 2020 election. That's the one that you have to worry about, of course. But I thought democracy was whatever the majority wanted. Isn't that democracy? I thought it was. It really shows you that this has nothing to do with a democracy, as they talk about. They care about their ability for 50.1% of the population to control the other, as long as they are the 50.1%. It's not about democracy. It's about their power. That's what they mean. When they say democracy, they mean our power dies if this happens. So keep that in mind every time you see them mention democracy. That's Dumblet number five, Max Boot. Number six, Susan Sarandon. Listen, she was great in that stepmom movie. I thought she did a really good job. Julie Roberts was awesome too. She's also been in some other great movies, I'm sure, but that's really the only one that pops up in my mind. She posted this picture. Now this is actually looks like, oh no, okay. I had read it wrong. So let's just read what she posted. Let's read the meme. It didn't start with gas chambers. It started with one party controlling the media. One party controlling the message. One party deciding what is truth. One party censoring speech and silencing opposition. One party dividing citizens into us and them and calling on their supporters to harass them. It started when good people turned a blind eye and let it happen. This is, now she's getting up there in age, I'm sure. I don't know what her age is. So we can't leave that out as a possibility. This is one of the greatest examples of projection I think I've ever seen. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Every single thing that is on that is exactly what her party is doing. And I'm not saying that Republicans don't do it either. We've got a lot of populism out there. I'm not saying Republicans don't do it either, but to pretend like that's not what you're doing, she's so removed from either the reality on the ground or she's just an evil person, I don't know which one it is, that she does not understand that that is what her party is doing. And the reason is that she's in that group, and I think what she hasn't realized is actually a lot of people who did those bad things in history, they thought that they were right too. And so that's why you can't just give everyone the power over everything. Because a lot of those people actually thought that they were right and they were wrong. If I don't, you know, if, if that's not obvious, if I have to say that, that they were wrong. But she doesn't realize it. And she thinks that as long as her party is in control, that this isn't going to happen when she's actually instituting the meme itself. It's, it's really crazy. And I'm surprised she didn't delete it. And I'm surprised that she accidentally posted uh, an advertisement for Republicans and Libertarians. That's bleep number six. Number seven, speaking of Libertarians, here's what Stephen Miller had to say. Now, Stephen Miller is a senior advisor to President Trump. Stephen Miller says the Libertarian Party is for hard drugs, unlimited immigration, prostitution, radical secularism, no jail for predators, anarchy on the streets. In other words, identical to the Democrat Party. So if you like those things, vote Libertarian or vote Democrat because they are one in the same Where do you go from here? All right. Clearly the guy's an idiot. We know that. I don't feel like we should have to defend all of these things. The Libertarian Party is for you having the right to make your own choices, especially on things that only affect you. You don't hurt people and you don't take their stuff. They got the non-aggression principle. If you want to go there, self-ownership, that's the basis of everything. So are they for hard drugs? Or are they for your right to exercise your own personal responsibility? That is different from being for hard drugs. Unlimited immigration? Libertarians are kind of split on that. We've talked to people who are totally open borders, and we've talked to people who think that we need some kind of a check system when you come in. Prostitution? Morally, a lot of people are against it. Should you be able to sell your commodity? Yeah. Yeah, sure you could. No jail for predators, anarchy on the streets. He doesn't know what libertarians are. That's the problem. Identical to the Democratic Party. No, you don't hurt people. You don't take their stuff. You don't aggress on other people's property. You don't, you, you, you do not take liberties away from another person. That is what a libertarian believes. Stephen Miller, shame on you for not getting smarter at a younger age. That was number seven. Well, let's go to number eight while we're keeping it real dumb. Tristan Snell. Tristan Snell, I believe, is a lawyer. I think in his Twitter bio, it says that he prosecuted Trump University. I can't remember. I'm I'm pretty sure that's who it is. Here's what Tristan Snell says. There will be no condoms. There will be no abortions. There will be no plan B Pills. There will be no birth control pills. Republicans will ban them all nationwide, all 50 states and D.C. They've literally promised to do this, and we need to listen and take action. What the hell is this guy talking about? Someone tell me. If you can find the article talking about how they've literally promised to ban condoms I know the abortion thing to ban plan B and to ban birth control. Show me where it is. Someone show it to me. I know what he's talking about. What he's talking about is when they tried to uh, codify your right to all this. One of the things that they were meaning by that is by having a right to it. That means that it would be provided to you if you could not afford one, whatever it was that you had the right for these things to be provided to you by other people. And what Tristan thinks apparently is that if something isn't seemingly free, then that's essentially the same thing as being banned. Those are different things. Uh, McDonald's is not free. McDonald's has not been banned. Those are different things. If they put up a law that said you have a right to McDonald's food, and Republicans said, no, no, no. That is not Republic Republicans banning McDonald's. All right. That's that's a good enough analogy to explain that one for Dumb Bleep number eight. Jeff, you're right. That does sound like a Nina tweet. Nina didn't make it in Dumb Dumbleep this week. How about that? I guess I already talked to her about her a, a couple times recently, so wasn't able to do it. Let's go to the Washington Post. This was just recently posted. Uh, it was written. A few months ago, but reposted, so that means we can talk about it as as if it happened this week. Karen uh, Karen Atia says I wrote about this earlier in the year when Spotify stood by Joe Rogan after repeatedly saying the N word on his podcast. "Quote: White men have long built cultural, political, and media empires off anti-blackness." and the dehumanization of others. That has happened in the past, but does that really fit Joe Rogan? Really? Let's go through some of her article. In America, playing the race card is lucrative to the tune of $100 million. In fact, just ask Joe Rogan. Now, what she already did there, what she already did, is accuse Joe Rogan of getting a $100 million deal by playing the race card while she's playing the race card. It's genius. It's really genius the way that people can flip things around. So now this is them playing the race card. Rogan, not her. It's Rogan. Who's playing the race card by having his show. Rogan clearly understood the malicious power of the word that starts with N. In one episode, he mocked a white guest for saying N-word instead of the full slur. Rogan has issued an apology and said he stopped using the word years ago, and his defenders point to his personable, easygoing style as an interview, interviewer. Andrew Yang, in a now-deleted tweet, argued that Rogan couldn't be racist because he interacts and works with black people. Then she says, Oh, please, you know who else interacted with and worked with black people? Slave masters. Joe Rogan, Slave Masters, same thing. This is, uh, (laughs) this is dumb bleep number nine, in case you're wanting to take note. But it's true the problem we face is bigger than Joe Rogan. Indeed, from Rogan to Donald Trump, you gotta tie Rogan in with Donald Trump, to Fox News, white men have long built cultural, political, and media empires off of anti-blackness and the dehumanization of others. In fact, Spotify's response to the Rogan controversy offers perfectly curated playbook of how racial capitalism works in America. She didn't goes on to list how they locked Rogan in this contract. People got upset. They didn't say that they were going to spend like $100 million on a bunch of virtue signal stuff, which it was. And you know, she's right about that. It's not that they actually care about all that stuff. They're just trying to win people back. Spotify can claim all at once that Rogan's speech doesn't reflect its values, but by keeping its $100 million Trojan horse in the stable, the streaming service shows that racism continues to be quite the valuable asset in america just to clarify i don't know joe rogan at all he could be just the worst racist you ever met but i do know that the clips i heard were from him quoting other people talking about the word itself or talking about song lyrics or going through specific jokes not using that in a derogatory way Towards people. And if there is a clip of that, then show it to me. But saying a word does not mean that you were a racist. You know what? I'll admit it right now. I did karaoke a couple months ago. And as Charlie and I always like to do, we did Forgot About Dre. And guess what? I always do Dr. Dre's part. And I did every single word. All right. Let's go on to Dumbbleep number 10. Oh, good. Let's stay on race here for a minute. This is a rando. But it will be fun. Oh, no, that's Hillary Clinton. That's scary. Let's go to this tweet from End Wokeness from a crazy TikTok. So there's a new movie out. I don't know if you're going to go see Wakanda forever. But just so you know, if you're white, you got a very specific job to do. So let's hear what that is.
2: This message is to all our would-be accomplices and white allies. This message is to all the white people who have BLM in their bio. If you really want to prove to Black people that you love us and you care about us and you are down for the cause, do not go see that movie opening weekend. You buy your ticket, you give it to a Black person or a Black family who can't afford to go, and then you go sit at that theater in front
3: of the doors.
2: You make sure that every Black person in that theater can enjoy that movie in peace. You make sure that you use your body to block us from anybody who would be coming in that theater to do us harm. That is your job. You can go see it on another weekend. Go see it on the second or third weekend. But the first weekend, that's for us. To do anything other than this is (laughs) anti-Black.
1: Okay. So listen, Whitey, you can't go opening weekend. Now I don't know anything about this movie except for a stupid, a couple stupid articles I've seen written about it. I don't even know if it's came out yet, but you can't go opening weekend. What you, what you have to do though is buy a ticket and give it to a poor black person who can't afford to go and then sit outside the theater and keep them safe because you know what? Those poor black people, they can't go to the theater on their own. They can't, go through a movie just like everyone else. They just, you know, we can't do it. You know what we need to fight racism is some more coddling. That's what we could really use is some more coddling right now. And not to mention the economics of the matter. Um, a lot of complaints about there not being enough black movies or black led movies or whatever you want to call it. Um, you want as many people to go on opening weekend as possible. Those things are paid attention to, and people make economic decisions off of that. You want the theaters to be packed. Oh, Lord. Lord, help us. That's what I have to say. That's number 10, and we still have a few more, so we'll push on. Oh, good. Let's i on race for a minute. Again, for number for number 11 from The Hill. No U.S.-born black players... On the expected World Series rosters, you heard me correctly, and I know that you're shocked and appalled. There are no U.S.-born black players on the expected World Series roster. From the Hill, oh, the humanity. Looking around Memorial Stadium before Game 1 of the 1983 World Series, Philadelphia Phillies star Gary Matthews saw a lot of black talent when fans watch the Houston Astros and Phillies lineup this week to begin the fall classic, it will be a much different picture. For the first time since 1950, shortly after Jackie Robinson broke the Major League Baseball color barrier, there's projected to be no U.S.-born black players in the World Series. Zero. Quote, that is eye-opening, said Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City. It is somewhat startling that two cities that have a high African-American population, and there's not a single black player. First off, just to cut in. It's not as if all the people on the teams come from the city. It's not like this hometown city and they pick people from the hometown to come play. It, that's a stupid comparison. Quote, it lets us know there's obviously a lot of work to be done to create opportunities for black kids to pursue their dream at the highest level. For a long time, baseball was clearly the dominant game in the U.S. Over the years, as basketball and football increased in popularity, baseball became more expensive with an emphasis on travel teams and elite showcases. And Matthews says, kids have started shifting to other sports. So do we have a problem with racism in the MLB or are there potentially other sports? that maybe on a statistical basis black kids are more interested in play. No, this is actually just a problem with racism. You see these teams, they try to hold down people of color. That's not it. They try to hold down black people. That's not it. They hold down U.S. born black people. You see, we glossed over that whole thing because they qualified this with U.S. born black players why well you can look <laughs> i went ahead and grabbed some faces from the team rosters now it is true these are not us born black players they are however all from the dominican republic a country that borders haiti and according to the internet some would say would be considered black in our culture But they are not U.S. born, and that gives us an opportunity to write this headline and create a fake controversy that should not exist. So there's that dumb bleep. Number 11. Let's go on. We got a couple more. Real fast. The Socialist Party of Great Britain gets to be in here. They say, we often hear human nature makes class-free socialism impossible. You see, because what Socialist Party of Great Britain wants is basically like Star Trek. They don't want any, there's no currency, there's no money, everyone just works for the benefit of society. They say that they hear human nature makes class-free socialism impossible, but this is bogus. Cooperating and sharing is how we survived for thousands of years until private property and money came along. And humans then had to toil for landowners and compete with one another for jobs. And they post a meme along with it. I will describe the meme for you. This is a picture, if you're not going to watch this on YouTube later on, this is a picture of, we'll just say cavemen, and we'll just say old, old, old times of humans. And there is a tent built where people live, and they're working on some hides, Someone's starting a fire, I'm sure there's someone out hunting all this. And on the meme, it says, early humans lazing around until they starve to death because they don't have any profit motive incentivizing them to work cooperatively. So the point that they are making is that, look, it is in fact human nature for people to cooperate and work together for the benefit of their 10-person village that they have. And that is their argument to prove the point that the entire world, should be switched into class-free socialism. This picture, if you're not watching on YouTube or in the live group right now via joingmail.com, is what we here in 2022 call a homeless encampment. And this picture in 2022 is a product of capitalism. If there were people living in a tent and having to go out and try and search for food or else they won't eat, and try and start a fire outside of their tent. You see, that there is a product of capitalism. And also, this is the human nature that we need to work back towards. Great job, Socialist Party of Great Britain. You're geniuses. And then we threw in this last one. I just put this in here before the show, but Robert Reich, in in a response to... Elon Musk taking over Twitter. He actually did it. Elon Musk taking over Twitter. He says, when multi-billionaires take control of our most, most vital platforms for communication, it's not a win for free speech. It's a win for oligarchy. So the oligarchy part is ridiculous, but we've already covered that several times. Someone who came from basically nothing and became the richest person in the world after they immigrated from South Africa. Um, I'm not sure the oligarchy title works very well. The other flip side of that is that Twitter has literally always been controlled by multi-billionaires. And I sent them a picture of Jack Dorsey, his current net wealth. Is 4.5 billion. No doubt used to be a lot higher than that, but it's been a tough year for everyone. Uh, Jack Dorsey, and I said, I'm sure you felt the same way a couple of years ago, right? And that's received a lot of uh, good responses on Twitter. But the point is, he didn't feel that way a couple of years ago because he doesn't care about the multi billionaires running a vital platform for communication as long as he thinks he can get what he wants from that multi-billionaire because he wants to be the one that is in control and the one with power. And as long as he controls the multi-billionaires or he thinks that they're in his camp, then he is completely fine with it. Don't listen to this guy. He's a door-to-door charlatan trying to sell you while he's making millions in the process. All right, let me put all of these numbers in the Dumbleep voting channel. One, two... Three, four, five, six, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Whew. All right, let's run back through them. Let me start back at one. Let me get back here. Number one was the Ted Cruz saga on The View. Coupled with that is the Newsweek fact check that came out completely false, not even misleading, just straight up false for the Zodiac Killer himself. Number two is Hillary Clinton warning about the next election being stolen. Number three is Rob Reiner. Oh, talking about democracy and state legislatures and how we're gonna head into fascism after we have a democratic vote. In these midterms, number four, Everett Stern. He's the one who dropped out because he was pulling at 3%, which put democracy at risk. Number five is max boot saying that if Republicans win the democratic election, that that is how democracies die. That was number five. Number six is Susan Sarandon. <sighs> Projection all over the place about how you end up in a really bad situation, only it's exactly what she wants to do. Number seven, Stephen Miller, talking about how the Libertarians are identical to Democrats. So if you want to vote for Libertarian or Democrats, the exact same thing. Number eight, Tristan Snell, they're going to ban condoms. This is the most important election of your life because they're going to ban condoms. Number nine, Joe Rogan, and anti-blackness, And Joe Rogan is just a way for Spotify to play the race card. Number 10, Whiteys do not go to the opening weekend of Wakanda Forever. That is for black people, it's not for you. But you do need to buy a ticket because black people can't afford their own tickets and they need to be protected as well. Uh, So you should sit outside so they can watch the movie in peace. So if you would please, Whitey's, give that to us because we need it, because we can't operate in society like normal people, that would be great. That's that's what she's saying. That's not what I'm saying. Number 11, there's no U.S.-born black players on the World Series rosters. This is racism, clearly. Number 12, Socialist Party. We can totally have socialism. Just look at how the cavemen did it. And number 13, Robert Wright, very upset that a billionaire would have control over Twitter. I love it. Let's get those votes in, everyone. Hey, go to natescrashcourse.com. The market's down a bunch this year. This is where people make money throughout history. All these boom and bust cycles, I've nearly convinced myself that they are created so people with a lot of money can get in and vastly expand their wealth when the market inevitably goes back up to all-time highs. Now, I think we're going to continue down for a bit this year, but I do think we're on a nice run up right now. And it's uh, presenting a nice little shorting opportunity. I'm telling people about my plans every morning. So you can go to natescrashcourse.com and come hang out with me and the rest of the bunch every day. Go to God hates feds, get yourself a God hates feds shirt, GodHatesFeds.com, And of course, join GML, how the votes going so far. Let's see what we got. Who's winning. Looks like number 10 is winning right now. It's the, it. If the votes are good, it looks like Wakanda forever is the one that's winning right now. Going once, going twice, it's Wakanda forever. The rando coming in for the win for Dumb Bleep of the Week. Everyone, thank you so much for hanging out, listening to this show, sharing it with your friends, hitting like, subscribing, all of that. We will be back to normal very soon, and I'm pumped about it. Going to be better than ever. So... If you tell everyone about this, you tell the kids, the children, your family, even shout it from the mountaintops, then we'll be right back on Monday. Y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe. Until then, have a good weekend and a good morning. Liberty.